Father, we just thank you today. We ask you to come to this place today, invade our hearts, invade our minds. Father, we worship you. God is fighting for us. God is on our side. Your glad he's fighting for you today. You can just sit and rest and love on Jesus. Hallelujah, Father, we thank you for fighting for us. So let's sing it together. God is fighting for us. He has overcome. Let's declare, I will live, I will live, I will not die. The resurrection power of Christ alive in me, and I am free in Jesus' name. Come on, let's declare, I will live, I will live, I will not die. The resurrection power of Christ alive in me, and I am free in Jesus' name. I will live, I will live, I will not die, I will declare. Bible says he sent his word and he healed all those that were sick or oppressed in body. And today if you're sick or you have a need, the Lord wants to touch you. He wants to heal you. He wants to rescue you. He wants to save you. So get ready to receive a miracle from your God today. Are you ready? Come on. Yes, we worship you, Jesus. Come on, God is fighting for us. God is fighting for us. God is fighting for us. Pushing back the darkness. Lighting up the kingdom that cannot be shaken. In the name of Jesus, enemies defeated. Soon we will shout it out. Shout it out. God is fighting for us. Pushing back the darkness. Lighting up the kingdom that cannot be shaken. In the name of Jesus, enemies to 
Your breath, it's your breath in our 
We serve a great God.
worship you, we worship you, Lord. We worship you, we worship you, Lord. Ooh. Ooh. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, we worship you, Jesus. Magnificent and holy are you. Holy, holy, holy. 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 bless you Jesus we 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 bless you Jesus mighty God holy God oh, oh. you see you don't have to conjure anything up you can just sit and receive from the lord you don't have to fight you can just sit in the peace of the lord knowing that he's fighting for you that he loves you that he's for you and not against you so lord we just receive we just receive from you today in jesus name come on give the lord a hand clap of praise today Hallelujah. Well, you can give your neighbor a high five and you can be seated for just a moment. Thank you. God bless you. If this is your first time, welcome. We're so glad that you are with us today. This is going to be a great, great day. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. If I haven't sh shaked your hand yet, I'm Pastor John. It's good to have each of you here. If this is your first time, thank you for being here. Uh, let's go ahead and do our announcements, and then we'll move on with the service. Thank you. Uh, focus your attention there on the TV screen. God bless you. Welcome to the Gathering Place. My name's Good Alexis. morning, and welcome to the Gathering Place. My name's Alexis. Today is Sunday, May 16th, and these are your morning announcements. Revival Weekend is this weekend. Join us Friday night at 7 p.m. and Saturday morning at 10 a.m. We will not have midweek service this Wednesday in preparation for Revival Weekend. Registrations are flooding in for Open Heavens. If you would like to serve and have not signed up, please get with Pastor Jacob Alderman today. That is all I have for you guys this week. I hope you all have a great week. Good. Amen. Well, you can hear us practicing in the background. <laughs> Amen. Well, we're so glad to have each of you here today. I believe God has a word for us. Amen. And I uh, hope you came ready to receive a word from the Lord. Uh, God is good all the time. Amen. 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 And the best is yet to come, right? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, we're going to uh, continue our series real quick. Again, like what Alexa said, um, this weekend is our revival weekend. And so make plans to be here Friday night at 7 and Saturday morning at 10 a.m. That's our, we're going to do. 10 a.m. We're not doing 6 or 7 p.m. Saturday. It's just a 10 a.m. service. And then I want to invite you to be a part of our 
uh, service and grace and Vider that evening. Lydia is going to be with them. And so if, you have, if you're able to make it to Vider that evening, um, you can be there. I think it starts at 6 over there at Grace. But Lydia is going to be with us Friday night at 7, Saturday at 10. And I'm expecting a great time. If you don't know who Lydia is, maybe you're like, who's this Lydia lady that they're, they're always mentioning? Lydia uh, Stanley Marrow is um, led worship, which is part of the Brownsville revival with Lindell. And then she, um, when Church of His Presence with John Kilpatrick opened, she went over there to be with him and was his worship leader for many years and uh, was the worship leader for the Bay of the Holy Spirit revival. So uh, she'll be with us uh, again this weekend. It's going to be a great time in the Lord. If you want to sow toward that meeting, you're most welcome to. Let me know. Uh, we're paying for her airfare, which is $1,000 for her and her husband. And then we're going to uh, sow a seed into her ministry as well. And so it's going to be a good time. If you want to put some money toward that, save it up this weekend. And, of course, we'll take up an offering a Friday night and Saturday morning to cover our expenses on that. It's going to be a great time in the Lord. I really believe she's bringing something powerful uh, to our region, not just our church, but to our region. And I'm excited about it. Amen. And, of course, like, like Lexi did say, Open Heavens is coming up. I think we're almost to 100 registered people. And so and it's people that, you know, um, of course, we don't know who they are. They're, they say our stuff online and they register. Uh, we've invited over 105 pastors just this past week. And so we're looking forward to have a great time um, with everyone June 24th through the 26th or is it the 27th. Uh, we're going we're gonna, to um, conclude, of course, the conference here um, in this sanctuary so it's gonna be a good day now we have am i missing any more announcements we good okay uh well let's grab our bibles this morning and i want to uh continue our series this morning um i'm not gonna be very long but i'm, I'm gonna i want to i want to i say i'm not gonna be long who knows um sometimes i go a little long but i'm gonna watch i really feel like today i need to watch the time and so i'm going to do so um but i want you if you're going to grab note i'm going to give you 25 characteristics of a religious spirit thank you jeff we will have men's breakfast at romero's the first saturday of june so men breakfast first saturday of june okay what time is that nine is it nine we say coral nine okay nine a.m at romero's all right meet and the message that's correct <laughs> gonna be a good time um last week we started this, uh, our series on we're talking the, the the title of the, the word the lord gave me was return and be revived and we talked about um three types of people groups we talked about cold people lukewarm and we talked about burning people and we had a powerful altar time at the end and god really ignited us i shared a few testimonies about my trip to arizona and what the lord told me what the lord spoke to me and so on Wednesday, we kind of went back in that same vein a little more. So today, we're going to do part three of our series on uh, the spirit of religion. And I want to make sure that everyone understands that I'm not talking about a denomination. I'm talking about a religious spirit that has backed away from a relationship with their heavenly father. A person who has obtained a religious spirit means that they have backed away or they have not focused on their relationship with their heavenly father thus making them rigid hard their heart is hard it's calloused and they don't feel anything anymore that's what i'm talking about i'm not talking about the church i'm talking about our relationship 
with the Heavenly Father. Amen? Amen. Now, last week I did mention theme park churches, and uh, you guys know how I feel about um, churches that don't move in the power and move in the gifts, and, and don't the, the, those that don't move in the, in the, in the who, who, it's, who it's only in name only and not in demonstration. I call those theme park churches. You can't say you're you're a Holy Spirit filled Pentecostal church and you don't. There's no demonstration or no manifestation of the move of God. Okay, all right. So we want to let's let's um, go to part three. And I want to before we begin, I want to um, mention this quote by Leonard Ravenhill. He said, "You never have to advertise a fire when there's a house fire in Nederland." Um, you live on that block, you see it. It just, fire just happens. And so um, you don't have to advertise it. It's right there. You see it. And so um, if I don't know if I mentioned this last Sunday, but the last the two Wednesdays ago, the Lord told me, return and be revived. And today, if you're here and you say, well, Pastor John, I haven't felt the presence of God in a long time. Well, the invitation is still out there. You can return and be revived. And today we'll have an altar call, an altar ministry time, and I want I will pray with you, and God will reignite your fire, and you can fall in love with Jesus all over again like you did when you first got saved. Amen? Amen. I want to spend some time this morning, Acts chapter 9, so let's grab our Bibles, let's go to Acts chapter 9, again, those that are visiting this morning, God bless you, thank you for being here. Acts chapter 9, we're going to go through uh, verses 1 through 22, and I'll try not to read real, real fast. I know sometimes I get excited and I just go, and so I'll take my time this morning. So we're talking about the a religious spirit. When religion is more important than relationship. Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 22 and let's look at this together. Verse 1. Meanwhile, Saul, still drawing his breath hard from threatening a murderous desire against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and requested of him letters to the synagogues at Damascus. Now I'm reading from the Amplified, so there's going to be a few extra words. Authorizing him so that if he found any men or women belonging to the way of life as determined by faith in Jesus Christ, he might bring them bound with chains to Jerusalem. Now as he traveled on, he came near to Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him, and he fell to the ground. Then he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Parentheses here, it says, harassing, troubling, and molesting me. Verse 5, and Saul said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is dangerous and it will turn out badly for you to keep kicking against the goad, to offer vain and uh, perilous resistance. You see, religion will always offer resistance. Verse 6, trembling and astonished, he asked, Lord, what do you desire me to do? And the Lord said to him, but arise and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. And the men who were accompanying him were unable to speak for terror hearing the voice but seeing nobody. And Saul got up from the ground, but through his, though his eyes were opened, 
he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was unable to see for three days, and he neither ate nor drank anything. Now there was in Damascus a disciple named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, and he answered, Here am I, Lord. The Lord said to him, Get up and go to the street called Straight, and ask at the house of Judas for a man of Tarsus named Saul. For behold, he is praying there. And he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias enter and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard many people tell about this man, especially how much evil and what great suffering he has brought on your saints at Jerusalem. Now he is here and has authority from the high priest to put in chains all who call upon your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for this man is a chosen instrument of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the descendants of Israel. For I will make clear to him how much he'll be afflicted and must endure and suffer for my name's sake. Verse 17, So Ananias left and went to the house, and he laid his hands on Saul and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you along the way by which you came here, has sent me that you may recover your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And instantly something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he recovered his sight. Then he rose and was baptized. And after he took some food, he, he was strengthened, and for several days afterwards he remained with the disciples at Damascus. And immediately in the synagogues he proclaimed Jesus, saying, He is the Son of God. And all who heard him were amazed and said, Is not this the very man who harassed and overthrew and destroyed in Jerusalem those who called upon this name? And he has come here for the express purpose of arresting them and bringing them in chains before the chief priest? Verse 22. But Saul increased all the more in strength and continued to confound and put to confusion the Jews who lived in Damascus by comparing, comparing and examining evidence and proving that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah. Wow. Now, I know that's a lot of scripture there, y'all. But, but that's, that's an amazing... He, Saul has an encounter with the man. Saul has an encounter with, with, with Jesus and, and everything that he was going to do, he was not able to do. He, his purpose, his assignment, was to go to the synagogues and drag out anyone in chains that loved Jesus, that was, that was a part of Jesus' um, following. He was going to torture them, harass them, put them in chains, and God knows what else. But he has an encounter with the Lord, and everything changes. I love it, because you know I'm a product of revival. I'm a product of an encounter with God. I'm a product of, of a praying mother who, who would not give up until breakthrough happened. I'm a product of, of people's prayers and people's uh, sustained prayers. So it's one thing to pray, but it's another thing to have a sustained prayer. Someone who understands sustainment, who will continue to pray even when things don't look like they're going to turn around. See, what kind of faith do you have if you have faith for the moment but not in the big picture of things. So you can sit there and say, well, I believe in Jesus, 
but your heart, it says something else. You're either going to believe it or you're not. And so here we see this man and he's, his assignment, he went to the chief priest and they gave him authority to go find every Jesus lover and to bound them, put them in chains and bring them back and do whatever they want to do. But here he is in verse number, my page turn. Verse five, um, verse three, he has an encounter. A light from heaven flashes around him and he falls to the ground. And then Jesus asks him the question, why are you persecuting me? Why, why are you doing? And Saul said, well, who are you? And he said, I am Jesus. Then the folks around him were unable to speak. They were dumbfounded. Now, I want you to look at verse 8 one more time. It says this, but though his eyes were opened, he could see nothing. But though his eyes were opened, he could see nothing. Now, in verses 1 through 3, his eyes were about hate. His eyes were about terror. His eyes were about, his eyes were focused on what he wanted to do to to these lovers of Jesus. Now, let's look at this. Let's go to verse 18, same chapter, verse 18. Remember his eyes, his eyes were open, but he was, he couldn't see anything, right? Verse 18, and instantly something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he recovered his sight and then he arose and was baptized. In the previous verse, we see Ananias tells Saul, the Holy Spirit has sent me here so that you may be, your blindness will be healed and that you may receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then suddenly, the scales fell off. Religion will always cause your sight to be impaired. Religion will always say, you're not good enough. You don't measure up. You're not worthy. Religion will always cause you to measure your success based upon somebody else. Today, we just sang a song called Good, Good Father. And we declared that you're perfect in all your ways. We declared that he's a good, good father and that, and that we're children of the king. So if we're already adopted into this royal family, then who were we to measure our success based upon somebody else? Who were we to measure our praise against someone else? Jesus loves us all individually with a great love but religion will say you're not good enough religion will cause you to have 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 an impaired vision and it's like scales on your eyes now let's go on through this this continue this chapter let's look at verse number 23 amen verse 23 it says this after considerable time had elapsed the jews conspired to put Saul out of the way, but now, now here they come in. He's he now they're coming after him, right? He has an encounter with Jesus. Now, now he got he's got folks coming after him. Verse four. But the knowledge of their plot was made known to Saul, and they regarded the city's gates day and night to kill him. But his disciples took him at night and let him down through the city wall, lowering him in a basket or hamper. And when he had arrived in Jerusalem, he tried to associate himself with the disciples, but they were all afraid of him for they did not believe he was really a disciple. Hmm. Has an encounter with Jesus, trying to hang out with Jesus' inner, cir- inner circle, 
but they're suspicious. Hmm. Think about that for a minute. Okay, wow. Maybe they've gotten a tickle of religion. Hmm. Verse 27, however, Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and explained to them how long the way he had seen the Lord who spoke to him and how at Damascus he had preached freely and confidently and courageously in the name of Jesus. So he went in and out as one among them in Jerusalem, but preaching freely and confidently and boldly in the name of the Lord. And he spoke and discussed with and disputed against the Grecian Jews, but they were seeking to slay him. Verse 30. And when the brethren found out, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him off to Tarsus, his hometown. Verse 31. So the church throughout the whole of Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was edified, growing in wisdom, virtue, and walking in the respect and reverential fear of the Lord and the consolation and exhortation of the Holy Spirit continued to increase and was multiplied. Now look at verse 32. Now we move from him being called Saul to Peter. Verse 32. Now as Peter went there and among them all, he went down also to the saints who lived at Lydda and there he found an, a man named uh oh, how do you say it? Aeneas, yes, who had been bedfast for eight years and was paralyzed. And Peter said to him, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, now makes you whole. Get up and make your bed. And immediately he stood up. Then all the inhabitants of Lydda and the plain of Sharon saw what had happened to him, and they turned to the Lord. Now there was at Joppa a disciple named uh, Tabitha which means Dorcas. And she was abounding in good deeds and acts of charity. Verse 37. I'm going somewhere. About that time, she fell sick and died. And when they had cleansed her, they laid her in an upper room. And since Lida was near Joppa, the disciples hearing that Peter was there, sent two men to him, begging him, do come to us without delay. So Peter immediately rose and accompanied them. And when he had arrived, they took him to the upper room. Everybody say upper room. And all the widows stood around him, crying and displaying undershirts and other garments, such as the custom to make while she was with them. Verse 40, but Peter put them all out of the room and knelt down and prayed. Then turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, get up. And she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she raised herself and sat upright. And he gave her his hand and lifted her up. Then calling in God's people and the widows, he presented her to them alive. And this became known throughout all Joppa, and many came to believe on the Lord, to adhere to and to trust in and rely on him as the Christ and their Savior. And Peter remained in Joppa for a considerable time with a certain Simon a tanner. Now I want you to look at this. Look what happened. A miracle took place. It grabbed the attention of everyone around them. And he stayed there. I have to say, that must have been a revival meeting. Had to be. Give me one moment. And that's what God wants to do. 
wants to advertise the name of Jesus. Not a man, religion says you got to have manifestations, you got to have all this stuff. But when you lift up the name of Jesus, it draws. It's not about a speaker. It's not about a person. It's not about a place. It's about the presence and the power of God. I want to give you some, some warning signs, 25 warning signs or 25 characteristics. Everybody good? Now, if I don't get through this, we'll do it another day. But number one, signs of religious spirit. Now, this came from uh, Rick Joyner out of his, one of his books that I have. And I want to share it with you because I thought this was it's very enlightening. So number one, the religious spirit will often see their primary mission as the tearing down of whatever they believe is wrong. Such a person's ministry will, will result more in division and destruction than in lasting works that are bearing fruit for the kingdom. Let's look at that. They will often see their primary assignment or their mission is to tear down whatever they believe is wrong. Such a person's ministry will result in more in division. Okay, number two, this spirit will be unable to accept a rebuke, especially from those they judge to be less spiritual than themselves. Then in parentheses, says, think back on how you responded the last few times someone tried to correct you. Oops. <laughs> we got quiet in here. <laughs> Number three. The spirit will have a philosophy that I will not listen to people, but only to God. Since God frequently speaks through people, this is an obvious delusion revealing serious spiritual pride. No, God speaks through people. God speaks through people. And I understand you've got to be cautious. You've got to be careful who you're listening to. You've got to be, but you should also, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, have the spirit of discernment upon your life where you be able to discern that's not of God, this is of God. Amen? Amen? So a religious spirit will say, I'm not going to listen to the people. I'm only going to listen to God. What a lonely life. We're called to be a spiritual family where we talk things through and we, the Lord told me this, Pastor John, let me just, let's process this together. Or maybe you need, you, maybe you need help, maybe you need direction, maybe you need clarity and, and maybe the Lord ain't speaking to you and you're like, I just can't hear anything. You, you, know, you don't continue to wait. Maybe you can't hear something because the Lord wants you to talk to somebody. Amen. So we got, we got to, we got to, we got to be careful. Number four will be inclined to see more of what is wrong with other people than what is right with them. Uh, a note here from him, he says, From the valley John saw Babylon, but when he was carried high to a mountain, he saw the new Jerusalem. If we're only seeing Babylon, it is because of our perspective. Those who are in a place of true vision will have their attention on what God is doing and not men. Number five, will be subject to an overwhelming feeling of guilt that they can never measure up to the Lord's standards. 
This is the root of the religious spirit because it causes us to base our relationship with him on our performance rather than on the cross. Jesus has already measured up for us. He is the completed work that the Father is seeking to accomplish within us. Our whole goal in life should be simply to abide in him. And so if, if, if religion has told you to work it up, just abide in him. Just rest in the Lord. Just know that he's, we, uh, all the songs we sang today about how God is for you. He's fighting for you. Just rest in that. Religion says you got to do, 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 scream, holler. You know, you don't have to do that, friends. There are seasons of intense intercession. Um, but, but in the big scheme of things, we're to rest in the Lord. Number six, the religious spirit will cause you to keep score on your spiritual life. This includes feeling better about ourselves because we go to more meetings, read our Bibles more, do more things for the Lord, etc. The note here says these are noble endeavors, but the true measure of spiritual maturity is getting closer to the Lord. Number seven, believes uh, the religious spirit will believe that that they have been appointed to fix everyone. These persons become the self-appointed watchman or sheriff in God's kingdom. The note here says, they are seldom involved in building, but serve only to keep the church in a state of annoyance and agitation, if not causing serious divisions. We've got to be careful that we're not, that member Jeff's message a few weeks ago was, how does your garden grow? Not your neighbors. <laughs> You're busy looking at everybody else's garden, but yours has got weeds and dead tomatoes. <laughs> got to be careful. Let's keep focused on our garden. Let's get those weeds. Let's continue to tend our garden. Now, if our neighbor needs a little help, they'll ask for it. But, but until then, focused. <laughs> everybody stay focused. Focus. Yes, we got to stay focused on who? Jesus, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Number eight. will have a leadership style which is bossy, overbearing, and intolerant of the weakness or failures of others. James said, but the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering and without hypocrisy. And the seed whose fruit is righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. If we're going to lead, we're going to lead by peace. Yeah, peace. Everybody good? And when I saw these, I was having to do evaluation. <laughs> Hallelujah. Number nine. We'll have a sense that they're closer to God than other people or that their lives or ministries are more pleasing to him. This is a symptom of the profound delusion that we draw closer to God because of who we are rather than through Jesus. Number 10. will take pride in their spiritual maturity and discipline, especially as compared to others. True spiritual maturity involves growing up into Christ. When we begin to compare ourselves to others, it is obvious that we have lost the true goal, Jesus. Number 11. 
the Spirit will cause churches or ministries or leaders to believe that they're on the cutting edge of what God is doing. This includes thinking that we are involved in the most important thing that God is doing. Just because we're a church seeking and going after revival in God doesn't make us the only church that's doing that. So when we start going around saying, well, we're the only church loving on Jesus, you're religious, you're full of pride, repent. Amen. And so we got to always keep ourselves humble in the place of humility and never, ever, ever think ourselves so high and mighty because I can promise you God will come in and humble us quickly. Number 12. We'll have a mechanical prayer life. When we start feeling relief when our prayer time is over or we have prayed through our prayer list, we can we should consider our condition. We will never feel relief when our conversations are over with the one we love. Mechanical prayer life. Number 13, we'll do things in order to be noticed by people. This is a symptom of, of the idolatry of fearing people more than we fear God, which results in a religion that serves men instead of God. Number 14, we'll be overly repulsed by emotionalism. When people who are subject to a religious spirit encounter the true life of God, it will usually appear to them to be excessive, emotional, and carnal. True passion for God is oftentimes emotional and dem uh, demonstrative, such as David exemplified when he brought the ark of God into Jerusalem. 2 Samuel chapter 6, verses 14 through 16. Number 15. The Spirit will use emotionalism as a substitute for the work of the Holy Spirit. This seems contradictory to the previous point, but the religious spirit will often take contradictory positions in its drive for self-preservation and exaltation. This use of emotionalism would include such thing as requiring weeping and wailing as evidence of repentance or falling under the power as evidence that one has been touched by God. Both of these can be evidences of the true work of the Holy Spirit. It is when we require these manifestations and we are beginning to move in another spirit. Church, let's be careful. See, as we move into revival, as we move into the things and the power, now there is a great awakening that's already being released in this room, in this planet. Revival is, all, revival is already here. So what am I doing today? I'm trying to, I'm giving you characteristics. I'm giving you things to look out for, to be careful of. Don't fall into the trap of religion. Don't fall into, well, we're better than that church over there because, you know, we have revival and they don't. Let's be careful that we love and that we love, but let's not fall trapped into a religious spirit. During the First Great Awakening, Jonathan Edwards' meetings would often have some of the toughest, most rebellious men falling to the ground and staying there and staying there for up to 24 hours. They got up changed and such strange manifestations of the Holy Spirit fueled the Great Awakenings. Even so, Edwards stated that people faking the manifestations did more to bring an end to the Great Awakening than the enemies of that revival. 
So be careful, be careful, be careful. Number 16. Uh, the Spirit will cause uh, ministries or leaders or just people in general to be encouraged when their ministries look better than others. We could include uh, in this being discouraged also when it seems that others are looking better or growing faster than we are. I remember when we first started our church, I told everyone, slow growth is good growth. Slow growth is good growth. I tell new pastors that are planting churches, slow growth is always good growth. Because you know what? Sometimes when you when you have your a launch service or whatever it is, and as a, hundreds of people come, and you don't have the, the, the structure in place to hold what God wants to do. And so you, you get out ahead of God, and that's when the spirit of religion begins to mold you, is when you get out ahead of God. I was telling the pastor the other day, I don't want to get so far ahead of God that I, I, I can't even hear his voice anymore. See, we can sit with the calendar, a, 12, uh, a, year, a year calendar, and plan all these wonderful events, but if God didn't say to do it, then you're ahead of God. You're ahead of God's schedule. So we got to remember, ladies and gentlemen, that we are focused on the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen. Hallelujah. What number was on? Thank you. Number 17. The Spirit will cause you to glory more in what God did in the past than in what He is doing in the present. God has not changed. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The veil has been removed, and we can be as close to God today as anyone ever has been in the past. A religious spirit will always seek to focus our attention on works and on making comparisons rather than on simply drawing closer to the Lord. Number 18, well, the religious spirit will tend to be suspicious of or to oppose new movements and new churches. This is an obvious symptom of jealousy, a primary fruit of the religious spirit, or the pride that asserts that God would not do anything new without doing it through us. I've sat in churches, ladies and gentlemen, that the pastor has said, God will not send revival to this region through any other church but this one. And again, I, I'll say this, and I, I say this a lot, but I'll go back to Pastor Peggy Lee's word about the face of church and how God is going to humble those. And I'm, I'm probably I'm butchering this word, and I apologize. Um, but we're seeing this happen where God is raising up new faces and new voices because there are some preachers who just won't deal with their arrogance and their pride, and God is beginning to remove them. Let's not that happen here. Let's be let's be let's stay humble. Let's stay low. We haven't none of us have arrived. All of us are sinful people without the grace of God. The mercy of God. Let's see. Uh, it goes on and it says, of course, those with such a mentality are seldom used by the Lord to birth new works. Number 19, will tend to reject spiritual manifestations that they do not understand. 
This is a symptom of the pride and arrogance of presuming that our opinions are the same as God's. True humility keeps us teachable and open, patiently waiting for fruit before making judgments. True discernment enables us to look for and hope for the best, not the worst. For this reason, we are exhorted to examine everything carefully and hold fast to that which is good. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 21. Number 20, we'll overreact to carnality in the church. The truth is, there was probably four, far more carnality in the church and a lot less of the Holy Spirit than even the most critical person has ever guessed. It is important that we learn to discern between them in order to be delivered from our carnality and grow in our submission to the Holy Spirit. The critical person will annihilate, annihilate those who may still be 60% carnal, but were 95% carnal last year. Instead, we need to recognize that people are making progress and do what we can to help them along the way. Amen? Amen. Because I, 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 I don't want to be where I was last year. I want to grow. And you know what? I, I, I have a personal responsibility to grow, but we also have a corporate responsibility to grow to make sure we're all growing, to encourage each other to grow. Amen. We're, uh, number 21 will overact to immaturity in the church. There is an immaturity that is acceptable to the Lord. Let me read this to you. My two-year-old is immature when compared to my nine-year-old, but that is to be expected. In fact, he may be very mature for a two-year-old. The idealistic religious spirit only sees the immaturity without considering other important factors. I'm going to encourage you to go back through this message later this week and, and um, listen to this again. Number 22, we'll be, oh, the religious spirit will be overly prone to view supernatural manifestation, manifestations as evidence of God's approval. This is just another form of keeping score and comparing ourselves with others. Some of Jesus' greatest miracles, such as walking on the water, were seen by only a few. He was doing his works to glorify the Father and not himself. Those who use the evidence of miracles to promote and build their own ministries and reputations have made a serious departure from the path of life. Let me, let me say that again, because we see this all across America today. This spirit will cause a leader or cause you in your own life to overly prone to view supernatural manifestations as evidence of God's approval. It's another form of keeping score and comparing ourselves with others. Others. Maybe this is the part I want to read. Some of Jesus' greatest miracles, such as walking on water, were seen only by a few. He was doing his works to glorify the Father, not himself. Let's be careful. Let's be careful. Not everybody needs to know that you laid hands on someone yesterday at HEB, and you don't need to, you don't need to post that on Facebook. Okay, you can't. But but 
if you're going to do it, if you're going to do it, make sure you give all glory to the Lord. It is not about you. If, if it wasn't for the Lord directing you to that person, you wouldn't even happen. All right. There's a lot of folks posting a lot of stuff. Well, I did this and I, maybe you didn't do nothing. I'm, I'm trying to be good today. We got visitors. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be good. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be really nice. But here's the deal. When we, our focus is on ourselves and instead of on him, then we're already out of, out of sync and out of alignment. You just need to sit down. If this word today, if what I'm sharing with you today is, is, is poking your heart and revealing areas that you need help in, ask the Father for help. He'll help you. Number 23. Religious spirit will never be unable to join anything that they do not deem perfect or nearly perfect. The Lord joined and even gave his life for the fallen human race. Such is the nature of those who abide in him. Number 24. The religious spirit will be overly paranoid about the religious spirit. We do not get free of something by fearing it, but by overcoming it with the faith in Jesus Christ. On Wednesday, I said, I said it, uh, I said that you can't tolerate what God wants you to confront. If you're sick and tired of, of a situation in your home, you can't continue to tolerate it. You got to confront it. And confrontation is not easy. It's hard. And sometimes it's, it's just something that we don't need to do, but it's, or, we, or we don't want to do, but it's something that we need to do. Sometimes you just got to confront it. I don't like how you talk to me. You won't talk to me like that ever again. You hear me? Or it could be a spirit. Well, in Revelation, the, 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 the Bible said that they had this thing against the Laodicea church, that Laodicea, right? Where it was, was uh, yeah, you did all this great stuff, but you tolerated Jezebel. You tolerated a seductive spirit, a suspicious spirit, a, a spirit, a perverted sexual spirit. You tolerated it. So let, let us not be that church that just, well, that's who they are, Pastor John. Well, you know what? After six years of coming to TGP, you should have grown up by now. <laughs> and so we got to get to a point where, okay, I've babied you. I've given you some milk. There's a, there's a graduation day at some point. You got to graduate to steak and potatoes. Amen? Everybody say steak and potatoes. Sawgrass, that's for you, baby. Hey, sawgrass has the best salads. I'm just saying. I love their salads. Anyway. See, and someone who has a religious spirit would get mad that I just said that. All right. I'm good on time still. I know. All right, so 25, number 25. This spirit will have the tendency to glory in anything but the cross of Jesus, what he has accomplished, and who he is. If we are building our lives, our ministries, 
or churches on anything but these, we're building on a shaky foundation that will not stand. Second Corinthians 13 and 5 says this, test yourselves to see if you are in the faith. Didn't say test your neighbor. Didn't say test your pastor. Says test yourselves. Measure yourself before you try to measure somebody else. Amen. I hope this was a little encouraging. (laughs) But I do want it to open your eyes. Religion will always mean subtraction. Revival will always mean addition, multiplication. Religion says less, revival says more. I want to show a video. And um, it is a video that really touched my life. Uh, for the visitors that were that haven't been here, again, thank you for coming. Please come on a Sunday where I'm not, <laughs> where, where it's a little bit normal. But, but I do hope this 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 helped everybody, everyone today. But this um, video we're going to show you. I was in Arizona a few weeks ago, and in the Sunday night service, uh, we invited all the children to come and be a part of the service. And the Lord told the speaker to. Um, to just cancel the children's programs and just invite all the kids to come into the Sunday night service. <clears throat> and the Lord told the speaker that uh, God was, he was really going to move and pour out his presence upon the children and upon those that were in attendance. And there was this kid that came up that walked up to the, to the altar. You'll see it. And he has a cane. Are we ready to show that? Okay, let's roll this real quick. Why did you say, Why did you, say you came to the altar tonight? Because I want the fire, Holy Ghost fire, and I want to come upon my life. He said, I came to the altar tonight because I want the Holy Ghost fire to come on my life. He's still on a walker, but he didn't come to the altar tonight for God to heal his leg. He came for God tonight to fill him with Holy Ghost fire. Don't move because I'm, I'm praying for those legs. What touches me about that is that he has a need. But his need for God supersedes his need for his knees. You know when revival will break out? When you seek God more than you seek his blessing. So you got the Holy Ghost fire. Now let's take care of those legs. You got the camera on him? I did not take his cane away. He put his cane to the side. Hold him up so he doesn't fall. Connor, Jaden, Josh, put your hands on his knees. I'll say the words, you just put your hands on his knees. I command those legs to strengthen in the name of Jesus. All nerve damage, everything that's out of order, every wire that's crossed, comes back to its creative order right now in the name of Jesus.
Jesus of Nazareth rise and be healed walk with no pain Isaiah take me by the hand you're okay let's go let's walk are you okay if you're not you got to tell me you okay let's go Jesus name in Jesus name hey you boys follow him and say in Jesus name with every step in Jesus name raise that cane up over him right now right in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name are you okay you feel strength all right now do it by yourself a little bit in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name give me a path in Jesus name in Jesus name are you okay you feel strength you feel good? What? Do what? Oh, he said clear it out. He's going to run. Give him room. You follow me. You ready? Give me room. Give me room. Give me room. You ready? Let's go. Hallelujah. What did you say? More strength than I ever helped. Is he prone to exaggeration? No. I asked you that because I asked him, how does your leg feel? And you said what? More strength than I ever felt. You mean before? Like in January? You feel more strength? Go run one more time. Give him room. Give him room. Somebody run with him. Somebody run with him. Why did you say you came to the altar tonight? Because I wanted to fire. And if you did it for him, he'll do it for you. 
Let's stand. Religion says that didn't really happen. That was all staged. We know better. That was all staged. That was that was all fake. Very sad day when people begin to judge the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. That boy, I saw that boy, and I was wondering what the heck. So, Father, don't let us become so lukewarm and rigid and religious that when we see things like that, we immediately become critical and can't even receive a miracle. And folks don't receive miracles because of their critical nature. And today, if you're to be honest with yourself and honest with me, with every head bowed and every eye closed, and say, Pastor John, you stepped on my toes today. There were some things that you said that I see that in my heart. Lift your hand. I'll be real. Thank you for being real. Thank you for being real. Thank you for being real. Thank you, sir. I see you. God bless you. So, Father, you saw the hands today that said, you know what? You saw the hands that people said, I've been a little religious. And today, Father, I ask you, you wrapped your arms of love and mercy, compassion around those today. They've been real with you. Now, Father, I ask you to be real with them. May they encounter your presence and your glory in a such a fresh and exciting way, God, that their lives are completely rocked and marked by you. We don't want to be religious. We want to be revivalist. We want to be people that abide in you as you abide with us. While all the world is freaking out, Father, we want to sit at your feet and worship you. Now, Father, each person that raised their hand, I ask you to fill them right now with your Holy Spirit and a fresh way, new ways. We thank you for removing the root of religion and replacing it with the power of the Holy Spirit. May we never be the same again. In Jesus' name. I'd like our leaders to come forward. Please. If you're here today and you say, Pastor John, I need God to touch my life. I need I have a prayer need that that I need someone to agree with me about. I want you to come forward right now. 
Go ahead and move out of your seats. Come forward right now. We're going to pray with you. If you have something specific you need God to do, we're going to wait just a few minutes for you to respond. Father, we thank you. We thank you. Miracles are already taking place in this room. Those that are watching, God's touching you right where you are. So just come. Those that are here, just come. If you're watching and you have a prayer need, just comment in the comment section. If you don't have a way of doing that, you can email me, pastor at tgp.church. We'll pray with you. If you need prayer, if you need prayer, come forward now. give you just a few minutes just a few minutes to respond thank you Jesus 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 just a few minutes come on the altars are open if you want to just come and hang out come on baptism of joy and the Holy Spirit, a fresh encounter with Him. Father, we thank You for just in, just fresh, 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 fresh. We just remove all the, the hurt and the pain and then the torture and the torment. Father, we just remove it right now in the name of Jesus. And we thank You, Lord. The joy of the Lord is His strength. Father, we just thank You. We thank You. We thank You. We thank You. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. We worship you. We praise you. Thank you, King of kings, Lord of lords. Bless you, Jesus. We bless you, Jesus. Bless you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. Bless you, Father. We worship you, Lord. Bless you, Jesus. Father, I bless each person here today. I bless those that are watching. Father, may they have a powerful, incredible week. Father, we thank you for doors of opening, of opportunity. We thank you for fresh encounters. We thank you for your love and your joy and your peace. Lord, let this week be a powerful, amazing week. We bless them with protection and a joy. Lord, we thank you for financial favor upon them. And we thank you for each person here in Jesus' name. Amen. If you'd like to give this morning, there's a, a, a box in the back. You can make your check out to TGP. God bless you. 
If you need prayer, come this way. Ray Vogel, it's so good to see you, buddy. God bless you. You're a miracle. And we recognize what God has done in your life. We honor you. We honor you today, Ray. God bless you. God bless you. You guys have a great week in the Lord. If you need prayer, come this way. Well, I'd love to pray with you.